0: Did anyone see Jesus Christ Superstar last weekend? I remember growing up to that soundtrack, and I loved it. We played it over and over and over and over again at home. Hosanna, hey, hosanna, hosanna! ho. Oh. I, I can sing the entire thing, and it was so fun to watch on television and sing along if you don't know the musical it covers the holy week story with a heavy emphasis on judas on the betrayal then on jesus's trial his crucifixion and death now i never saw the play when i was younger never saw it as a teenager or 20 or 30 something year old who at that time did not really believe there was a god and forget about rapping my head and heart around this Jesus thing but I can now say as an older seminary educated and now ordained self I was quite taken aback by how Jesus Christ Superstar how the story stopped before the climax resurrection there we were Easter evening the night that we all had been here celebrating the very event. Yes, celebrating. (laughs) 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 We've been celebrating the very event at the heart of our faith, resurrection. That core mystery that animates our understanding of Jesus as Messiah. So there we were Easter evening and only watching half of the story. The half that comes before Easter, before the empty tomb, before the resurrection. So that prompted a friend of mine from long, long ago in our non-God years uh, to text me some questions. Number one, what made Jesus catch on as Messiah? Number two, was there something special that got him publicized and documented so that his brand lasted over 2,000 years? Because if you watched the play without the Christian context we have, you saw a human-centric portrait of a man, a healer, a teacher with followers who was persecuted. But it's not the full story of someone who would, we would come to understand as being of one being with God. So what made Jesus catch on? that part of Jesus Christ Superstar that they didn't portray? Resurrection. Was there something special that got him publicized and documented? Oh yeah. Resurrection. (laughs) How has his brand lasted? Resurrection. Today we heard John's Gospel recount two resurrection appearances of Jesus to his disciples. His first account comes right before the passage we just heard and that resurrection appearance is to Mary Magdalene she's crying outside the tomb and a man appears asking her why is she weeping she does not recognize its Jesus until he speaks her name and he tells her to tell the disciples that he's about to ascend to God He says, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And she runs back to the disciples and announces, I have seen the Lord. And she tells them everything he said. And there's no account that they actually believe her. And it doesn't seem like they do, because in the very next scene, what we also just heard read, is or what we just heard read, is the disciples are hiding. They're cowering and fearful in a locked room. Jesus appears to them, says, peace be with you. And like Mary, they don't recognize him at first. Jesus shows his wounds, and I imagine their minds exploding. They get it. They rejoice resurrection. And we just heard John's account of the next appearance that happens a week later, again to the disciples. This time Thomas is present. He hadn't been in the room before and hadn't seen Jesus before. And when he had heard the disciples say the same thing Mary had told them, we have seen the Lord, Thomas declares flat out, and might I say, quite boldly and unashamedly flat out, that unless he too sees the wounds, he, c- he can't believe. So, Jesus comes again. Resurrection. And at first, Thomas does not seem to get it that this is Jesus. Until Jesus asks him to touch his wounds. Then, bam! Bam! he makes the connection at an even more profoundly mind-blowing level. He realizes Jesus is the Messiah. Thomas jumps beyond declaring Jesus is Lord, as Mary and the other disciples did. He says, my Lord, my God. It's funny. We call Thomas doubting Thomas. Yet all the disciples, like many of us, harbor doubts. In a sense, he's just like the rest of them, not believing until they see Jesus' wounds. I mean, we never heard them say, holy smokes, Mary, you were right. What if we remembered Thomas based on the second half of his experience, the climax of his experience with Christ, not the muddle of unbelief? What if we remembered him as believer Thomas, who totally gets it? He gets resurrection. He gets Jesus, who death cannot destroy. Jesus, present with us forever. It's mind blowing and brand worthy resurrection. Jesus's great teachings and his great healings only make the fullest sense when understood in context of the whole story, the life, the death, the crucifixion, and resurrection. This is the mystery of our faith, Jesus eternal and ever-present. The resurrection proclaims that the love of God is always with us, whether we feel it or not. And this love is so incredibly strong, it reaches out to us in the midst of our everyday lives. It reaches out to us when we are in fear in our own locked rooms. It reaches out to us in our despair like Mary weeping at the tomb. This remarkable moment in time has been described by a writer as a wall turning into a window a moment we see through to the ultimate energy behind and within all things, God's life-giving love. And Jesus reaches out to us today, and yet he's not always immediately recognizable, even to those of us among us who've poured a lot of our lives into following him. Yet this love is there. This peace beyond all understanding is there. This reconciling force that puts all injustices to right is there. And that love, that force, that energy beckons us, feeds us, and transforms us. Saint Augustine wrote, he departed from our sight that we might return to our heart and there find him For he departed, yet behold, he is here. Jesus is here. Easter is here, and this is the climax of God's story. And it's a climax that lives on today and has lived on for over 2,000 years. God's love transcends death and is a creative force filling us, forming us, and transforming us. All four gospels don't end with Jesus's death. They all end with resurrection, resurrection appearances of Jesus. And the whole rest of the New Testament, the cascade of writings and letters, they're all trying to put into words the meaning of the resurrection. And today, we are baptizing four beautiful little ones into this climax of God's story, baptizing them into resurrection, into a life in Christ in the here and now, into the life of a living Christ. They, along with all of us in our lives of faith, are proclaiming God's love, and we are to proclaim God's love in all our words and deeds. Now, baptism doesn't confer perfection in our words and deeds. Rather, it affirms God's perfect love for us, a love that transforms death into life, darkness into light. So in baptism today, let us celebrate the climax to the story that is still going on, a story that lives on with us and in us and through us, and we'll be living on through Lily, Hattie, Aurelia, and Ellie. Amen.